Yeah. Yes, um, yes. Which, yes. What is little known about them, and, and they're very modest, but I'm allowed to say it because I think it's important for people to recognize, you know, tzaddikim in our midst, right? really righteous people. They are constantly uh, taking care of many of the elderly members of their community, right? and they've been taking care of them throughout, throughout the pandemic, and they continue taking care of them now. So yesterday they had brought a, um, a 92-year-old woman to urgent care, and after bringing her to urgent care, that wasn't sufficient, so then they brought her to the ER at El Camino Hospital. They got home at 2.30 last night, and then they went this morning and actually just admitted her to the hospital. Um, so they are very busy with her, and till late afternoon, she was transferred to the hospital, and I think they're pretty knocked out at this point, which is understandable. And um, they just asked if we could dedicate tonight's learning to Velia Bat Chanachaya for Fua Shalema. Okay. So what we were up to is we were discussing the, the different elements that could happen to the heart. And what the, the king was asking is how is it possible for the heart to actually be impacted positively by other things that are happening around it, okay? So what we're up to right now is, let's do on page 204, number two. The analogy of the heart's robustness can be explained by the prayer instituted by our sages. He forgives the sins of his nation Israel, he removes sins one by one. This means that God does not allow our sins to linger and accumulate to the point where they would cause our complete destruction. Okay, so this is a very important thing. One of the, the 13 midos that we talk about, right? One of the 13 midos harachim, one of the 13 ways in which Hashem is merciful is that he is mavir, right? He, he removes the sins one by one. So what does that mean? So the way the Kazari is explaining, and this is uh, many other Rishonim take the same aspect and, and Primarily, um, uh, primarily based on uh, on a on the Gemara in Rosh Hashanah, right? That what happens is the sins get removed before they have a chance to pile up and become too difficult to be removed, and before they get a chance to where they would be so overwhelmed by our sins that we would be very far down on the scale. So therefore, Hashem removes them one by one, because at the time that He removes it, indeed, it's reasonable to remove it because we're still equal. So if we're still equal, we get to remove one. That's a very nice thing that Hashem does for us. If it's exactly equal, I throw one in for you and I take away one sin and now you got a higher level of, of uh, you know, mitzvos. What Next does it time. mean to remove? I don't, I didn't understand. I mean, it's kind of like a freebie. Kind of like Hashem says, you got, you got to get out of jail free card, right? If you have exactly the same amount of sins and, and uh, mitzvot, then we, we're going to remove one of them. Remove one of them. Okay, good. Well, now you have more mitzvot than sins. Okay, another sin that comes in onto your ledger. Okay, remove that one too because it's still equal, right? So you keep continuously doing that and continuously giving us our get out of jail free card. Welcome back, Dave. Good to have you. So, okay, fine. So what we're saying is like this. God does not allow the sins to linger and accumulate to the point where it will be completely overwhelming. God did allow this to happen to the Amorites. As it says, the sins of the Amorites were not yet complete. It says in the Torah, when Hashem is saying to Abraham that he promises the land of Israel to his descendants, he says, well, you know what? Why can't we just give the land of Israel to the, why can't we just give the land of Israel to the descendants right now, to Abraham? Why do we have to wait for these four generations to go by, right? So what the Torah tells us, what Hashem tells Abraham is, you can't have the land of Israel yet because the people who live in the land of Israel currently, they don't deserve to be kicked out of the land of Israel. And only when their sins are complete, then they will deserve to be kicked out of the land of Israel. And then it will become the ancestral homeland of the Jewish people. So God did not interfere with the Amorites and allowed the malady of their sins to accumulate and strengthen until their sins destroyed them. 
Just as the heart's inherent equilibrium and pure makeup allows the soul to attach to it, so too does the divinity attach itself to Israel because of their inherent nature. Okay, so let's continue. So just as the heart's inherent equilibrium and pure makeup allows the soul to attach to it, so too does the divinity attach itself to Israel because of their inherent nature. But despite the heart's inherent purity, it still becomes tainted at times because of the other organs, such as from the desires of the liver or the stomach or from problems of the testicles. Similarly, Israel becomes tainted from their assimilation with the other nations, as it says, and they assimilated with the nations and they learned from their ways. Okay, so remember, we're using, there's a, a triplicate type of analogy that's happening over here, right? So we described is the fact that the Mizbeach, I'm sorry, not the Mizbeach, but the, the, um, the Aron, right, the Ark, in the Holy of Holies is the place where Hashem's presence was able to touch the world, right? It was suspended, space and time was suspended in, inside the actual Holy of Holies, and particularly in reference to the actual Ark, right? And therefore, that is the place where Hashem is able to touch this world, because it's somewhere of a twilight kind of zone. And once it touches the world there, then Hashem's influence can spread to the rest of the world. So then we said that also, in terms of the similar analogy, is that the way that Hashem interacts with the world can be through the Jewish people who are the beating heart of the world. And then the third example was that the soul, which is really something completely spiritual, completely elevated, the way it gets attached to the body on the simplest of levels and on the lowest of the levels that the soul can actually touch this world and the physical world is through the heart. Okay, so we're having three different like thoughts that we're trying to like, if you had like a, a chart, you'd have to sort of balance them all out at each step of the way to make sure that it all works, okay? Now, so we're saying like this, the heart is essentially pure, and Israel is essentially pure. However, it can be influenced unduly by the other nations. It is therefore not far-fetched for scripture to say about Israel, however, he has borne our sicknesses. In other words, what are we going back to right now? What we're going back to is the line in Isaiah that Christian missionaries will use to say, oh, this is a reference to Yashka who died for our sins. And what the Gazari is saying, you have to understand, what it's actually a reference to the Jewish people at writ large. It's not a reference to any specific individual. It is referring to the Jewish nation. And the same way we say, um, you know, the when we talk about nations, we can say either a female or a male, but we usually will talk about a, a, a um, when we're talking about like an entire nation, we can sometimes talk about it in the singular, right? You know, what has Russia decided? And we'll say, he or she, I think typically for some reason we end up using she in, the, in that context, right? You know, um, we'll, we'll talk about them as if it's one individual, okay? So it is for this reason that we are in distress while the rest of the world is tranquil. The tragedies we encounter then actually cause us to rectify our observances and to cleanse and remove the impurities from within ourselves. Through our cleansing and rectification, the divinity can attach itself to this world. Okay, so we play a very essential role. And when Hashem is going to stop and have us get punished, to some extent, we, since we are impacted by other people's decisions and the nations of the world, they had a proximate cause for us making the mistakes that we have made in our lives. And since they had had a, a, a proximate cause, so to some extent, we can say that we're getting punished, right, for their actions as well. But the fact of the matter is, Hashem is removing the sins at an earlier stage in time so that we are not destroyed. So what the Gemara says, the way I, I, I said it over earlier, is that the sins are just removed. I think now I'm, I'm thinking that what he means to say is, the way he's understanding it, 
is that instead of waiting until the sins get so terrible as to warrant complete and utter destruction, Hashem will punish us along the way. These little punishments, and that will help remove the sins and remove the, the, what the sin should have caused before it gets just too overwhelming. Right? Like similar, the little earthquakes, that you have little earthquakes instead of like one big one that will destroy everything. Okay, so through our cleansing and rectification, the divinity can attach itself to this world. So that is the purpose, and that is why we sometimes take the blame and why we are considered to be the ones who have borne the sins for the other people. Let's go a little bit further. You understand that the elements were created so that a hierarchy of creations would emerge from them. First, inanimate objects, then plants, then living creatures, then man, and then the elite man, i.e. Israel. Everything exists for the sake of this elite creature to enable the divinity to attach itself to this being. This elite creature, in turn, exists for the sake of the elite of the elite, namely the prophets and saintly individuals. It is this hierarchy, which is the basis for the prayer, which states, Place your all, Lord, our God, over all your works, and afterwards states, grant honor to your nation, and then states, and so too the righteous will see and rejoice. This is because they are the elite of the elite. Right? So, so to be clear, he does not mean to say that anybody who is beneath the elite of the elite is not worth anything. Right? This is not, he's not a, such a, a Lithuanian, such a Litvak, as we would say, right? to be so elitist that the only people that are worth anything are really the, they're only the really bright people and everyone else is just a fool and not worth wasting time on. And that's not what he means to say. What he means to say is that on some level, right, the individuals are able to achieve the highest level of connection to God. That is where the purpose of creation is found, okay? What we have to understand is that there are two different scales by which we are judged, right? Halavai, would it be that in this world we could do the same thing? The two different scales by which we are judged is number one, in an absolute pure sense, what is the level that we have reached? The other scale by which we are judged is what was our floor? And where are we now? Okay. So in terms of the absolute scale, so the elite of the elite are able to reach a very high level. But in terms of the floor reaching your highest level, so someone who's born on a lower level and their paradigm was only to reach, uh, you know, step number five, but they reached step number six because they achieved, they punched above their weight, then they might end up on that scale being judged even more, even more, um, more uh, with more merit than those who actually started at a, at a higher level, but ended up at a higher level too. 